Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 28. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the 2007 horror movie, Dead Silence. But before we get into it, we should uh, mention that we have a guest. Welcome our guest. Returning our first <laughs> podcast guest, and now our second podcast guest. And only. And only. <laughs> returning champion, James Skosky. Hello. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, James. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad, really. It's good to have you back. It's Yeah, this is always fun. It is always a, <laughs> a ride. Yeah. And uh, when James is on the podcast, we know there's something to talk about. Oh, yeah. Something sillier. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we, what we make of, of Dead Silence, which we should say right up front that many viewers may recognize the director of this film because it was directed by James Wan, who is probably best known for, at this point, probably uh, Fast and Furious 7, one of the highest grossing films of all time. Uh, but he is... Well known for horror as For well. horror. Uh, he made the original Saw, which this was written by the person who wrote Saw. Lee? Lay? Lee, probably. Wannell. They're Australian. Right. So many Australians on this podcast. <laughs> uh, he made The Conjuring. And all of the Conjuring universe, the con- mm-hmm. Conjuring verse, Annabelle and everything too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't direct those, but he. But it's part of the same universe yeah. he created. Well, the the real world universe, I guess. Uh, what else has he created? Insidious. James, you know, Insidious. Insidious. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget about it because it's not that good. No, I would say that. I mean, of those, I like the Conjuring the most. I like Insidious more than you guys. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I do like them. I mean, they're not as good as the Conjuring. Or like the first saw, but you know, I think they are definitely. Listen, I haven't seen The Conjuring two also, I or love, any of the other Insidiouses. I love Darth Maul. He has no place in Insidious. <laughs> oh my god! And yet, if it was actually Darth Maul, that'd be better. He's like a knockoff Darth Maul. Yeah. Anyway, between Saw and The Conjuring, and I think between before Insidious two, James Wan made this movie, Dead Silence, which is about ventriloquist dummies. In part, yeah. In part, that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: I actually I thought that would make me like it more because I I am I do have a lot of fear about dolls and dummies, so I thought this movie would would freak me out. I, it didn't freak me out. It didn't freak me out either. No, I love dolls and and puppets and dummies. I, it's definitely a thing with me. Like, you don't have to try hard when you put them in there to at least get me to pay attention. I agree. <laughs> So James, why did you why did you want to be on this episode? Why did you want to talk about Dead Silence? Well, so I not only do know like the history behind it, which we'll get into later, but I remember seeing this in 2007 when it came out. You know, like going from Saw, <laughs> the first Saw, like is literally a game changer. Like it it changed the horror landscape up to including now. You know, I think like, he made Saw too, right? He also directed that one. No, he didn't direct it, but Lay Wannell. The you know the the guy yeah. who wrote this he's the main character in Saw also wrote Saw so they were kind of like buddies um, making the movies you know they did he wrote the second Saw and was like in it but uh, James didn't direct it okay so gotcha I remember you know waiting for his, their their follow up because like that was a yeah. big deal when Saw came out it was a big deal oh definitely you know and now they're like now they're making another one and it's going to be different it's not going to be you know, what the Saw sequels turned out to be because 
famously James doesn't like those kinds of movies. Uh, <laughs> they're like, let's do like a scary ghost type movie or something different. Right. And I was like really excited. And then I saw it and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this could be a career ender. You know, I was like, yeah. this is not, not a good follow up to, you know, that. It does. It stands out really like a sore thumb in the James Wan. Even if yeah. you don't like Insidious or The Conjuring or Saw, yeah. they're like, they're placeholders and like, and they have things the to canon. Offer. Like they and, do have things. Yes, absolutely. Like old lady ghost hunter hero in those movies is really cool. Yeah, you but know. like this movie is not. No. So any, let's okay. any of those movies. Let's, <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Um, yeah, I don't think listeners should watch this movie. It no. was a waste of my time. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's not even. It's not even like interestingly bad in like a funny or like spectacular way. No, it's, it's really not. It's just kind of flat. And we can we can talk about this later as well, but before we start talking about the plot, uh, you should know that this movie having any horror value whatsoever relies on you like the viewer thinking that ventriloquist dummies are inherently scary. Like just a, a ventriloquist dummy existing needs to scare you for this movie to scare I you. I think they're scary. Just like looking at one? Yes. I think that like regardless like so yes maybe like if this movie is aimed at me specifically right like people who have an inherent fear of ventriloquist dummies and the way that they look that's definitely me i every time there was a dummy on the screen in this movie i was like ugh, go away i think they are inherently odd looking especially the main one with like his big eyes and the suit he's wearing i think that he looks inherently scary that was not enough to save this movie for me. So even though it's directly like aimed at me and my fears, it it did not work in this movie. And I, I do think that they're you're right, like the design of the dummy itself. I don't what's his name? Billy or something, the dummy? It is Billy. Okay. I think that's the same name as the puppet in Saw, which It is. Yeah. Oh, no. It is. <laughs> so I do think that the design at least is believable in a world where like that could be a ventriloquist dummy. Whereas like Annabelle, when you look at that doll, you're like no one would ever have bought this in the first place. Yeah. You can well, the, see that. Well, being... the real Annabelle, the real Annabelle is like a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. And that's why she's actually scarier because like I had that doll, like children actually own that doll rather than like what Annabelle becomes, which is like this inherently like in the movies and this like inherently creepy, like Victorian doll that people don't actually own anymore. So yeah. like, it's not as scary. Yeah. So like, that, it, I guess that, like, helps with ventriloquist dolls as most people don't, like, have them in their house. Well, and the design was, like, understated, too. It wasn't, like, right. overtly horrific in design. It was sort of just, like, a kind of design with being slightly creepier off in mind, I think. Listen, the fucking <laughs> Billy the Dummy in this movie looks like the fucking Slappy from Goosebumps. Like... <laughs> Well, isn't that kind of the thing? Like ventriloquist dolls, I don't know what I don't know what in my mind like a normal ventriloquist doll looks like. It's, They're not a part of my life. I don't know anyone who's like, my hobby is ventriloquy. Like I don't know. It's like a, it's a dying. To art. me, they're only creepy. Like they're only they only exist in horror movies or in Goosebumps or in like creepy things to be creepy. Like that's my yeah, that's my that's pop true. culture frame of reference at this point. I think that's true. I I do think that more like because puppets are still a thing, you know. And, and Muppets are also a thing. Right. And I, I think that you could have a creepy Muppet, but you could also have a normal Muppet. I don't yeah. know what normal ventriloquism is. Right. I just, I think that's kind of, I don't think that's something people do much anymore. I don't think that's a form of 
No. In, so this movie actually has an advantage of being kind of creepy to begin with, just in premise, but it didn't pay off at all. And just so let's let's kick it off. Mm-hmm. It starts with a title card uh, with some Latin roots of like Venter and Loki. Loki being like they thought voices came from like the stomachs of dead bodies or something. Yeah. Oh right. It's weird. Oh, I forgot about that. Which is the a weird anecdote because I've never. I don't know if that's true, but it's really. It I sets it up by being like ventriloquism. Ventriloquism is evil and about ghosts. Is like the <laughs> the title card. And then they and then it's the opening of seven for like a few minutes. It yeah. is for yeah. yeah. All these shots of like flipping through these diagrams Sketchbooks and yeah yeah. Here's the thing. I got kind of creeped out. The music is spooky, and then it got less spooky as the song went on. But put a music box and like some creepy old timey footage on something, and I was. I was fairly intrigued when this began, and it unfortunately didn't last. I do like I do like the score of the movie. I do think it's actually pretty good, or at least like fun to listen to. It's an Exorcist wannabe, but I like that. it. Is an Exorcist movie. <laughs> so our first shot, the credits fade into a shot. Um, it's like the gun barrel sequences from James Bond, uh, <laughs> except it's of Ryan Quantin, who plays Jason Stackhouse in True Blood. It's his eye. That's why he looks so familiar. Oh, yeah, damn. You didn't know? Yeah. I didn't look at I him. I thought all. he looked like Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> he does. With like no, a, it's a child's haircut he has on for the whole Have you guys not seen True Blood? I've watched one no, episode of True Blood. I have not. Wow. I think the opening shot, though, is a reference to Saw, the opening of Saw. Oh, really? Well, do you remember how Saw begins? Like pulling no. the plunger out of the bathtub? No. Okay, so the main character is like wakes up in a bathtub and like water gets pulled out. And, like, it all goes down the drain, and then there's, like, a... Not to spoil Saw, if whoever hasn't seen Saw yet. <laughs> but, but spoilers for Saw, when the key goes down the drain, that's, like, the opening of the movie. Is the main character of Saw Carrie Elwes? No, the main character is Lee Wenel, the writer of oh. Saw and this. Never seen Saw. Wait, who's Carrie Elwes, then? Wait. The, he's Carrie the other Elwes... guy. There's two people in the bathroom. One of them... Well, there's also Michael Emerson from Lost. Well, yeah, who's dead on the floor the whole time? But Michael Emerson is like that's Michael Emerson. He's dead, right? The he's the one who's like dead. No, yeah, yeah. He's like he's okay. Like, we're like really spoiling. <laughs> okay, to, to really spoil Saw, he's like the he's like the one from Lost. The guy from Lost is is the guy who's like puppet mastering the whole thing. The dead body yeah. is just a dead body, and Lay Wenel or Lee Wenel or Wanel is the main. It plays Adam, who's the guy who wakes up in the bathtub next to Princess Bride. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. So just, just anyway, to, just to go into that. So yeah. James Wan is shouting out his own movie then, possibly. And well, and Leigh Wanel, they both, they both are. They both made that movie. Anyway, so I guess this is less. This is probably less absurd to viewers who don't know who Jason Stackhouse is from True Blood. Oh yeah, it's not absurd at all. Okay, it's cool. Just you. He's a doofus in True Blood. He's a doofus in this too. Absolutely. <laughs> I just like can't take him seriously. No. He's got a wife. They love each other. They're stupid with each other. They're stupid. Uh, they get a ventriloquist dummy in the mail from an unknown sender. Oh, and they like sign. <laughs> idiots. They joke about it, and immediately, um, the wife is like, "I'm gonna play a prank." No, no. First of all, she's like, "It's like that thing from when we were kids, yes. you know." Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Which it was, I was like so unnaturally introduced. She's oh, like, yeah. "Oh, that reminds me of this very specific poem that I remember by heart." <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> And then she decides to play a prank. Uh, involving scaring Involving Jamie. this 
doll and scaring Jamie, and then she dies. Um, <laughs> Horribly. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, I don't. I don't want to spend too much time on this. We can no, come back to it. I want to. I want to talk about this, but we don't have to talk about it now. Sure. So she dies um, yeah. because she fucked around with the doll and don't do that or whatever. Don't do that. Well, and there was, um, and there was like a thing where it was like it was like underneath a sheet that like nobody put on there, and she like uncovers it. It's no, she put she put the sheet she on there to on play there. a prank, but it was talking to her. Wasn't oh, it? right, yeah. There was some reason why, or it makes it makes this is important. It makes all the sound go away. That is You're my like, favorite part it, of the movie. I fully agree. It like rolls down the sound. It goes like, and then there's no sound. So there's like a dripping faucet. Yeah, it's the a kettle running, is screaming. It's like a running omen in the movie of like you'll see things that start with sound and have like a visually distinct sound that you hear, and then the it keeps going, but the audio is completely silent. So yeah. like it, it becomes really eerie and a really effective, like it was really effective, especially the first time it happened. Cause, yeah. Cause it's not, it's not just for the viewer. It has happening to the person. So it's a very yeah. good way of like, yeah. Letting her know that something's about to happen, but we don't know what yet. And so, she gets dragged into the room and Ryan dies. Quantin, Jamie comes home to find her, uh, dead. Her like jaw is, Unhinged. Unhinged, like forced open, and her. I don't know what else is happening. Her tongue, no her tongue. tongue is she has cut no out. tongue. Yeah. Right, but like her face looks like cracked or like weird in well, some way. Well, I think way. it's the it's the breaking of the jaw. You're like her eyes are rolled up into her head, and her jaw is fully unhinged. So the skin around the jaw also looks oh, yeah. kind of messed up and cracked. So gross. He hates it. He's very sad. Yeah. His wife is dead. He's also the main suspect in her murder case. So the cop comes to interrogate him. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie fucking Wahlberg. <laughs> Who will not stop shaving the whole he's, movie. Yeah, he's fully crazy about this uh, shave. Like, In front of people. Yeah, he, he has cannot, an electric razor he and he needs to clean. trim his neck hair at all times. Yes, but he even like, it's clearly like a thing with him because he's like jealous of the dummy. He's like, your skin's always going to be smooth or something like really yeah, later in the horrifying movie, he talks like that. He's like, yeah, later he talks to him. He's like, how do you get your skin so smooth? Yeah, that never worked for me. <laughs> He's he's joking, Dude, but he's but not no, crazy. But, but still, it's a little. It's not crazy. It's just a little. It's really idiosyncratic. It's if it was done just a little better, it, it could have been like a really charming quality. Instead, it's just so weird. Right? No, because I was actually struck by it because this is not a movie that cares much about its characters. No, and I was shocked that it, it had given this one character such a like personality like, trait, like, a, like a, just a detail. A that detail, yeah, helps flesh them out. Idiosync- yeah. like you know something something interesting. But it because this movie doesn't care about its characters, it doesn't come across interesting or endearing. It's just odd, and it doesn't fit. It's just yeah, a weird. It, it doesn't, doesn't. It doesn't work. It's too humorous to fit in a movie that's like this serious. Right. It, it's not. It's not. It's, yeah, this movie takes itself too seriously to have yeah. fun, and it's, it, it just didn't work. Speaking but I of things, appreciate the, th- the thought. Speaking of things that don't work, <laughs> uh, when talking to the cop, Jamie is immediately like, oh, you know, a ventriloquist dummy is like a bad omen. It's like a local a legend. bad omen? <laughs> yeah, we all it's know like, that Mary Shaw poem, right? And yeah. Donnie Wahlberg's yeah, like, like, no. Donnie Wahlberg is also like, a terrible cop. Oh, he's, he's awful. He's a bad cop. <laughs> the only he's like he's like, well, we're gonna lock you up for good. The evidence is, you were the last one to see her, and you bought her roses. Solid evidence that he murdered yeah, his wife. Yeah, he's like shouldn't he have bought her a rose, her. man. Of course, he would be probably the last one to see her. Yeah, it's flimsy as fuck. It's it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> to be fair, they don't arrest him, right? Because like, there's there, it is flimsy. Yeah. Okay. But he but Donnie Wahlberg knows he's gonna get him for it. Jamie goes back to the house, looks at the fucking 
package that the dummy came in. It says, Mary Shaw and Billy at Raven's Fair. Cut to shots of him driving cross country or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked about how the movie looks. There are three uh, colors in this movie. <laughs> I was going to save it's, that, it's but like, yeah, we should I don't understand it. why. <laughs> so it's blue. Uh, and red. Yeah. And, and red. red. And gray. And gray. So people who've seen The Conjuring, The Conjuring also works in very washed out earth tones. The Conjuring is using a very specific color palette, I think pretty effectively to yeah. make it look like it was a movie that was made in 1979. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, right? it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the same thing we talked about during Amityville Horror, which is that The Conjuring is a period piece and is so well done yeah, making effective. it a period piece because of the way that it's filmed. This movie looks like they just put fucking uh, blue filter on it. Blue filter yeah. on the lens. <laughs> and like, they just made red reds pop when they were available. Cause like it, it does yeah. make red stand out. Like the car is red. A blood. The neon sign. Yeah. No, there's like definitely. Oh like, yeah. The neon sign is good. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. moments, but the color is so over the, t- it like literally like they got like gels and put them on the lights and it's, it, sure. looks, it looks really not good to look at. And in yeah. an otherwise, like, the landscape and the cinematography would be gorgeous if it didn't look so washed out and gross. Well, maybe. We should talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I agree. Okay. Anyway, he sees this box. He goes driving. We don't know why. We assume he's going to go to Raven's Fair to find out this thing about Mary Shaw. He is going to Raven's Fair. Turns out he's going to his dad's house. His hometown. Well, we don't know this until he shows up at his dad's house. <laughs> sure. Uh, and a woman answers the door who turns out to be his stepmother who he's never met. Yeah. Her name is Ella. She's like the fourth one or something. And the reason yes. uh, that he has come to his dad is to ask about this fucking Mary Shaw poem. He's like, hey, dad, remember that poem? Is it real? <laughs> no. Uh, so which we, sh- we should say, because we should set this up for the listener. It's beware. beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never, ever scream. Yes. Mm-hmm. from uh, memory just just did that <laughs> well done so his dad and ella don't take him seriously they're like stop asking about this stupid poem it's a stupid which poem. is the it's correct answer also he hasn't seen his dad in like a decade yeah, like, yeah he, ha- well, he well, hates he, his family he hates his dad because his dad is like supposedly a terrible person and the stepmom's like no like he had a stroke and he's so much nicer now he's like a better person and the dad's like yeah i want to be a better person which, and, like, why do we care like it's like we don't have any real backstory for why his dad's a piece of shit. Like he's really rich and he has several wives or he, he's had several wives over the years. And every time he gets a new one, he like paints them out of the portrait. Like that's all we really have for why he's like an asshole. And it doesn't like, sure. It's an asshole, but like, no, it doesn't tie into the story at all. Yeah. Cause he's going to like, he's so the, the thrust of the movie is that he wants to find out who killed his wife. Yep. The dad has nothing to do with this. No. No, he's tragic go- backstory. He just nothing. goes to ask about the fucking poem. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we, we should we should try to power through this and then circle back to yeah. these topics. Yeah. It's not uh, worth spending too much time on. Right. He goes to see a mortician because he's gonna bury his wife. Um this is her hometown too. This yeah. is where they both grew up. Which is why she knows the Mary Shaw bullshit. Right. Um The real reason I think the mortician is in the movie is to back up the exposition truck. Oh yeah! Whoa, oh, man! Sure. So, Absolutely. right. So we meet the mortician, and then all of a sudden, the mortician starts getting scenes on his own, away from our protagonist. He's in also, which he's also got like a wife who is not totally with it. He's a wife who, for some reason, keeps going into like the crawl space under their house and like talking to herself. We'll no, no, circle no. back to this. She's not this later. To oh, sure. She has a dead crow that she pets, like Log Lady <laughs> from Twin Peaks. She's just <laughs> petting this dead crow and talking to, like. 
if you forgot that she was holding a dead crow. Oh, but she's talking to herself. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jamie goes to bury the Billy doll. Again, there's other stuff, but he goes to bury it, which is a good idea. But instead, the, does, does the coroner tell him to do that? Bury it? Who tells no. him to do it? Someone tells him to do it. He's like, All sure. the dolls are buried with Mary Shaw. She has a hundred dolls. Billy yeah. Now. Except for Billy. So I guess that's why he's going to go do it. Sure. Um, I think the but wife it's like Billy, says, like, gets away. The wife says, Billy, if you bury it, it'll end or something like that. Uh, I think she tells him that. So he buries it, goes back to the motel. Well, first, first of all, the dolls like run around his car oh, phantasmically laughing. Yes. Phantasmic <laughs> laughter. Uh, then he goes back to his motel where Donnie Wahlberg is in his motel room shaving. <laughs> Along with Billy the doll. Yeah. Along with Billy. He's using it because he's like, oh, you tried to bury this evidence. And now he has his hand up the dummy to, <laughs> to make this evidence completely useless. I know. He's bad. He's a bad police officer. Uh, and it's like, you can't get rid of evidence. Oh, and he also like, fled the state. You're like, he's like, you left town. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that when you're under a murder investigation. Um, and then he takes the dummy into his hotel room, which is next door, right. a motel room or whatever, and then shaves and talks to it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jamie goes to the mortician. He like, confronts the mortician because this is how he hears the story about the flashback. Yeah. The extended flashback sequence in which the mortician was a boy and he went to a Mary Shaw ventriloquist show. Did you know the actor who played the young mortician? Yeah. He's a uh, from... Gilchrist. Yeah. From uh, it follows. He's the, he's the best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in, um, it's kind of a funny story. No, no, that's the, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in United States of Terror. In United States of Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice yes, seeing. Yes, he is. It follows. Nice seeing. Yeah, little guy from It Follows. He's a good. Kid. He's a good. He kid. went to go see a Mary Shaw show. There was a kid <laughs> who was like, "Your lips are moving." Yeah, calling, I, calling her out for being a fake. I want to yeah. talk about this. I have a lot to say about this flashback. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back we'll to talk it. Talk about it. Uh, this boy disappeared. The mortician, whose name is Henry, I think. Yeah, I think so. Was like, I think that's right. Traumatized. Well, because then Mary Shaw wanted to be. When she died, then she died soon after that. And wasn't uh, his dad the like the mortician too? Yes, like he was he's there been, as a kid. He, yeah, yeah, he's been he's a family of morticians. And Mary Shaw wanted to be made into a doll, so they made her into a doll. And then she goes in the middle of the night to look in the coffin, and, and he has a scary experience yeah. in which he thinks she's like alive again or whatever. She falls like on top of him. Well, uh, the, and then they the explain coffin. how she died in a flashback that's not chron- chronologically like useful. They should have did this first before she died. Um, How does she die? Well, they explain that. No, they explain that at the end, don't they? No, 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 no. You explain something else at the end. So, because I rewatched this part because I I felt like I missed something. Doesn't the dad talk about what happened? No, the dad talks about something else. We'll get into that. So okay. they find out that because that one kid that went missing, the one that called her out on stage, yeah. oh, I can see your lips moving. When he went missing, they're like, well, clearly Mary Shaw did it, and then yeah. they they like all got together grabbed her and like forced her to scream and then cut her tongue out. Yeah. Oh, and they murdered her. Yeah. Right. Which is why. So it's the Freddy Krueger backstory. Yes. Complete with a right. poem <laughs> about your dreams. Right. This is oh my God. So... You're... It's never been done before. You're literally totally correct. Yeah. I never thought that it's, it is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. It's so on the with nose that it's insane. That's so funny. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So since her death, People keep being found in Raven's Fair with their jaws fucked up and dead like Jamie's wife. Mm-hmm. The next cut. day, Donnie Wahlberg goes to the cemetery to dig up every single every doll. dummy. Again, I don't know what the fuck he thinks he's doing. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't it's even not really know job. how he like heard that or was aware of the 101 dolls. Like I wasn't even 
But he's decided that his job involves digging up graves of dummies Mm -hmm. while Jamie goes to the old theater where Mary Shaw used to perform before she died. And also live, right? Like all her shit's there. Yeah. Which is across a lake and it's, it's a theater carved out of the side of a mountain. Like, (laughs) yeah, it is, it is actually like pretty cool as a location. We should, we can also talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of works. It is like gothic and, and creepy. So he goes to check that out. The fucking sound dies out. He sees a ghostly presence and he leaves. <laughs> Just to cut right to the chase. And then, I don't know what the wife, the mortician's wife is babbling again. And the mortician goes after her and then he gets killed. Yeah. He dies in the crawl space, in the crawl space. Yeah. Cause she, cause very shows up and, does her like, you know, I'm going to scare you thing to make you scream. And then when you scream, she gets to kill you. Oh, I understand what happens. Okay. So while I was trying to figure out why, how does this plot move forward? And it barely does. Um, when Jamie is in the theater looking at all this shit that hasn't been touched in 50 years or whatever, mm-hmm. he sees his uncle or someone with his like last name in like a book of photos. And he realizes that that's the boy who disappeared. So then he goes back to his dad's house and is like, what the fuck is up? And his dad's like, uh, yeah, our family killed Mary Shaw because the our right. you know, your uncle or your mm-hmm. great uncle or something was the one who disappeared and we got our revenge. And since then she's been killing all the members of our family. Coming uh, after wh- the, the children in their dreams. Yeah, like <laughs> fucking <Grandma Rodriguez. laughs> It's so it's like so on like so on the nose, it's crazy. I, I didn't think of that until you mentioned it now. It's like this it's is literally really a ripoff of that. That is fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, so like, this is a stupid bit of exposition where it's like, all these years you, like, you resented me, but actually I saved you because I sent you away to get away from this curse of Mary Shaw who kills everyone in our family. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Jamie right. tries to leave in a huff and Donnie Wahlberg shows up again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because like, Donnie Wahlberg has no reason to be in this movie. No, he's so he totally, really he's also like in such a tonal clash with the rest of the movie, which is so somber and serious. Donnie Wahlberg yeah. is like out of control in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> just, he's so just constantly ridiculous. bringing like that electric razor with him and just doing things. He calls he calls everything perplexing. It's like his favorite word. He's yeah. like, you know, you're, you're making me you're making me say perplexing a lot. This is real perplexing, Jamie. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, he has no place in this movie at all. It would be so much more of a slog if he wasn't in it. I think because the structure of the movie is the first act is just the setup. The second entire act is just backstory. Investigation. Yeah. yeah. And then the final act is just the final confrontation. Yeah. That's not, it doesn't move right. It just is like such a, I don't know, flat movie. Yeah. So Jamie's father's house, like their house phone, gets a phone call from Henry the Mortician being like, Jamie, meet me at this old theater, which we as viewers know that the mortician's dead. And also as a plot point, doesn't fucking make sense that he's calling this house where he knows Jamie doesn't live. Like, yeah. why would he think Jamie would be there? He knows Jamie doesn't like Jamie's it, out of town and shit. Like, and he's, he's staying in a motel. At a, yeah, at a, at a motel exactly. But uh, it says it says he it has evidence that proves that Jamie didn't kill his wife. And then he's like, "I'm going, Donnie. You're coming with me." Yeah, he follows him in another car. By the way, they take yeah. two cars. To- <laughs> no, and, and he he says. Donnie Wahlberg's like, I can't chase you. I don't have a full tank of gas. It's <laughs> my favorite line of the movie. Oh my god. Okay, so then they're in the fucking theater again, and all the missing dolls are there. Well, before we do that, like 
this movie has been kind of boring up to this point. Mm-hmm. Them walking around this theater, like looking at things and there not being anything for like five solid minutes is excruciating. That's why, no, you asked me to go back and find a screen cap from yeah. that part. And I was like, what am I looking for? They're just wandering around the dark for so for such a long, long. time. Yeah. Anyway, the big scary, re- the first big scary reveal is just that there's dolls in glass cases. It's all, it's all the missing dolls. It's all the dolls that are supposed to be buried with that her. weren't buried because yeah. Danny Wahlberg dug up 101 fucking graves, <laughs> right? Like in a day, on, like yeah. I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> him stopping to shave every five minutes. If we followed him around, it would have been a better movie. Yeah, actually, probably because James yeah. useless. Yeah, uh, they find like a doll boy like rigged up. Uh, and I have problems with this because he's a marionette. He is not a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. He's a oh, fucking yeah. marionette. Um, and then like the sound goes out. And do we want to talk about this encounter in detail? The or? clown? The whole thing. Well, we should at least hit the exposition part so we at least wrap up this movie. Okay, so we're looking at all these dolls and mm. they're in glass cases. And then to the side, there's like a clown looking doll in a rocking chair. Yeah. And Jamie, for some reason, has been like, Mary Shaw? And she's like, yes, it's me. Um, Talking out of the clown. She, yeah, they, she said like, yeah, very clever. Yeah, like, clever. No, it's not. <laughs> it couldn't have been anybody else. Uh, so it's also worth saying that this clown doll is the best designed and like it's the, more, it's actually more effort went into this than all the other dummies. I agree. Which is very silly because everything else looks bad once you've seen this doll that like but is the- it's shot really well. It's shot like in half shadow most of the yes. time. Yes. Um, and like, just like the painting and the details of this prop are better than the other dummies. It's absolutely better, but it bothered me because it's, it's useless kind of, it's like a scare tactic that doesn't make any sense. Why does she have a clown doll? Like that's not, that's not part of the story at all. It's just to be like, oh, you, are you scared of clowns and dolls? Here's a clown doll to be scared. Okay. And it, it also just... doesn't make sense that she turned this boy into a marionette. No, that what? makes sense. Why? She's obsessed she like with dolls. her son, which doesn't seem yeah. like motive. I don't know. It, no, it's... It, yeah, it falls I guess apart. The more th- it's more like to humiliate him somehow. Like, he he hurt her feelings or embarrassed her on stage, and so then she kidnapped him and made him into a doll. Whatever. It doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't hold up, but yeah, like... Something fell apart with this backstory, because that doesn't click. Because you see, like, her, like, eating with it and being like, oh, I love you, Mommy. I love you, too. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't make sense with her. I don't it know. It only make it only the only thing that makes sen- any sense about it, which doesn't again does not click, is that like her her other dolls could actually could not like fully be her children. This so kid's now, dead. Oh, right. that's why that's No, he call. doesn't die in, for a little while. Okay, so her goal is to make the perfect doll. That's yeah. yes. That's her phrase. That's so her this notebook. was like one of her first perfect dolls was like, oh, I have to use a person to make a perfect doll. Because oh, then mess. they can because <laughs> then they can like talk and eat and stuff. I, this, I don't know. This is indeed a mess. It okay. is a mess. It yeah. doesn't matter. We really get her sense. motive. We get her motive, which is that she wants to quote, silence all those who silence me. Whatever. Okay. Very heavy handed. Nobody silenced yeah. you. Uh, you were performing on stage. Jamie is like, why'd you kill Lisa? And the clown doll's like, come closer and I'll tell you. And then the best shot of the movie, it cuts to like, he like looks over his shoulder at Donnie Wahlberg, who just like, like, no, 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 (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) The look on his face is the best acting in the movie because it's just like, fuck no. Like, are you serious? You're thinking about this? (laughs) This twist is that he does literally like lean in close so the clown doll can whisper, 
Like, you weren't the last. Ashen is his last name. She was name. inside of... Yeah, your yeah. wife was pregnant. Your wife was pregnant. So, uh, so, you're so this movie is literally about punishing a woman for being pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How dare you have a male heir? That's a really classic horror thing, though, is killing, like, yeah, it's... the child inside of the woman because the child is part of a line or whatever... Or is going to be a monster. Like, that's a very, unfortunately, a listen, very common trope. Listen, as we said at the top, I have come to expect better from James Wan. Oh, yeah. So, the fact that this is such a fucking easy, so contrived, like, yeah. so contrived, like, mm-hmm. explanation for all of this. Anyway, there's a big chase scene. They, like, Molotov cocktail the wall of <laughs> dummies. Yeah, because yeah, they figured out the way to kill Mary Shaw is, like, kill, burn all the dummies or all the dolls everything just burn yeah. it and then it'll be okay so they run out uh donnie Wahlberg ends up screaming which means he dies and, and like a, a really weirdly like fa- like he gets like yanked out a window and throw it through that window again and then it, like really yeah, he weird. like reaches out for the camera it looks stupid as fuck oh and when <laughs> um, he dies his when his dead body drops to the ground his electric fucking razor <laughs> hits the ground and starts vibrating on the ground yeah, it's like the it's it's the symbol of him. It's, it's like it's not supposed to be funny, but it really is. Yeah. Yes. Um, we could talk about this, but this is also the point at which I was like, so she can do all of this, but like, she's literally powerless to kill you unless you scream. Like, mm-hmm. she's like bending reality at this point. Yeah. It's 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 the legend. It's stupid. Uh, he falls down underwater under the lake where there are a bunch of underwater mannequins for some fucking reason. Makes no goddamn sense. Again, mannequins are not ventriloquist dummies. They're not marionettes. Mannequins <laughs> not, are a completely different thing. And they're not why dolls are they, either. Why are they underwater underneath this lake? Like, what the fuck is happening? I it's don't just know. a bunch of fucking ideas in search of a movie. Yeah. And it's whatever. Again, it's just horror fodder. It's just like, oh, mannequins are scary, right? So because Jamie's good at not screaming, he makes it out. He makes it out. He drives to his father's house. Um,. No, he goes to the mortician's house, and the mortician's wife is there. With her crow. With Yeah, we should talk about that later. We should talk about this fucking wife. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing in this movie. And it's like, your father came to get Billy, and he's like, my father can't walk. My father's in a wheelchair. And she's like, well, he was here, and he did it. So Jamie's like, what the fuck is happening? And goes home, and again, five minutes of walking around in the dark yep. until... The, the final twist of this movie, he finds his father in a room and he's like slumped over and he like goes over to like check on him and his father like slumps all the way over and we see the back and we see it for half of a second and I had to watch this twice because I literally didn't know what was happening. We see like a stick of wood that has like bisect, it's like where his spine would be. We see it for... It really drives me insane because it's way too short for us as viewers to actually process what we're seeing before there's a montage that tells us what is happening. Mm -hmm. We like literally don't have enough time to figure it out. But then there's a montage, which is the twist is that his father was like a human dummy the whole time. Yep. And Ella, the stepmother was like working him, working him, uh, like a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, yep. And I guess she's Mary Shaw. She's a doll. She is the perfect. That's that's was so baffling. No, she's not wait, a doll. She is the perfect wait, doll. Wait, what? I didn't. Yeah, know. no. When he so it also flashes back to when he's flipping through in the in the theater. No, no, no. Her, the father's the perfect doll. Why did she draw her face then? Because that's her. Who? Ella's not a doll. This is who is a she? Mess. All right. 
<laughs> Ella is Ella is like possessed. I think by Mary Shaw. Let me explain my reasoning because okay. otherwise I don't get it. All right. So I, by the way, I this would is the buy, end of the movie. I would buy either. This is the end of the movie. Point. We should we'll we'll start like breaking this down. What is your interpretation of? Uh, so when she when he's flipping through all of her old journals and stuff, when he finds the phrase "perfect doll" the first time, um. It's like a little piece of paper taped to another piece of paper. Yeah. So it like flips over. And it's Ella's face. We don't see that until the end, but like it's, you know, so then it goes through this whole thing. And when it says to make a perfect doll, her face is on the other side. I don't know why her face would be on the other side if she's not the perfect doll. Because to me, my interpretation of the perfect doll is the perfect doll can be made and created, but operated on its own. Like you don't need someone to. It's not a doll. It is because it was well, it's made. Not, it's it's, it's, it's man-made. It's dummy, but it's a doll. It's a doll. It's not a and doll. It's, it's a fucking, like, hindrance. It's a, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's a robot. But, like, Mary Shaw made the perfect doll, which is a doll that could if they operate on its own and didn't need a hand. So cyborgs if, are dolls? If they were consistent in, in this movie of what's a doll, what's a dummy, what's a puppet, it would make more sense. But, like, this, yes. it's all confusing. And then they're like, let's throw mannequins in there. But I don't know what this movie thinks a doll or dummy or anything is. No, but I, I just don't think, I don't think the dad can be the perfect doll because he clearly has a stick in his back. Like, he's I, not the perfect doll. I truly... Like, otherwise, otherwise, she wouldn't have all of the diagrams and stuff. The diagrams are all about how the human body works. So right. she was trying to build the human body. But she did... But that is part of it because... He needs to like be able to fake eat and like like she built. He doesn't fake she, eat. No, no she he does. Him out. He do- she hollowed him out in order to create space for the food to fucking drop. On yeah, him. we see we see in the the montage that like he's eating soup and then it's oh I know it's the, the most ridiculous part. As if I was sitting there <laughs> thinking, but how did he eat that clam chowder? Like that was not a question <laughs> that I had, but this movie had to answer it. It's more like all it's going is going into his mouth and dropping through. It's not a clever doll. She had to hollow out a human body which is i think harder than you're giving it credit for no it's not i fully disagree <laughs> she's, she's, she's made hundreds of dolls i think the perfect doll is ella because she is does not need a human hand to operate i think that's what mary shaw thinks the perfect doll would be that might be true i don't know that's my theory i, I simply ask what is the point of this <laughs> twist? That's a very good question <laughs> i was not prepared for how stupid this twist it's is a like twist. i i was so taken aback it's so yes. and again i had to watch this montage twice because i was like wait what 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 did we just see with this stick in this dude's back like but uh, well, i was <laughs> i'm speechless right now <laughs> because it it's that give us anything because no. it's in it's in two prior scenes of the movie in total i think and i don't think there was ever a question where we were like why is Ella doing this thing? Like, or why is, why her, is she always? Why is her right her hand, hand always positioned right now? Right, it's we like you don't see them, and it doesn't I didn't matter. Have that question. It, I certainly we most <laughs> we mostly see Ella without the dad. It doesn't matter. Like that's more yeah. of the time it, we see it, Ella it doesn't is matter walking to the on her movie own at all because the the whole reason Jamie's there is to find out who killed his wife. This doesn't matter. It all it amounts to is to get a reason for Jamie to scream. So, yes. oh, okay, I'm sorry. Right. We're going to end so the movie So he can now. die. So he can die. Uh, Mary Shaw kills him because he screams when he finds out his dad's a puppet or dump, whatever it is. And that's the end of the movie. It just ends. And we're like, all right, that's it. I remember in 2007, that stupid ass twist. <laughs> because the twist in Saw is very good. It, for yeah. those of you who have, oh, or have yeah. not seen it, it's very good. That was the last thing they did. And it's then they did this. And you're like, well, what? This is Why? what you came up with? Why it is see... It is almost Shyamalanian. Yeah. And that like it's just like, oh, this is just a twist for twist's sake. Like yeah. there's right. no it makes no narrative sense. 
Mm-hmm. But then again, neither does the first hour and a half. So it's not that hard to... It's just so unnecessary. Yeah, it's really bad. I don't really know where to go next. Uh, I'll start with my my one takeaway from this, uh, which is mostly about the beginning of the movie. Um, the one movie that I would compare this to, and this is not a compliment, <laughs> is The Curse of Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> uh, I think that this movie is like that movie in so many ways. In mostly that, like, things happen that make no sense. Yeah. And the characters are so stupid that it's, it's like, it's beyond the realm. Like, okay, horror movie characters do a lot of dumb shit that I would probably do if I was in that situation. Like, just being too scared yeah. to do the right yeah. thing or whatever. You, let's just set a premise here. You and your wife are from a town where a ventriloquist dummy is a bad omen. <laughs> and uh, you're like, it's a bad thing. There's a creepy poem associated with it. One day, uh, a dummy shows up on your front doorstep. If your immediate response is not, holy shit, what the fuck, and burning it, th- there's no, no, there's no other response to have. Like, why on earth are they from this town, this creepy horror yeah. town, and then his wife is like, this is so funny. Like, it'd be it one was, thing if the wife wasn't from well, the town. Again, the wife brings up the fucking poem. Right. Yeah. And, the it's, like, and it's still like, just like the thing from who is kids. this from? We don't know. Oh my gosh. Like, Let's make Chinese food takeout jokes with it. There's no return address. I'm going to scare my husband with it. Like, no girl, why would you do that? And then, not only then, so then like, it kills her, obviously. And then he goes to the cop and for some reason tells him this. And then he goes to the town and it's the exact same shot as in Curse of Sleeping Beauty when he's like driving and it's just like a long shot of like a dark car just yeah. driving down the road. And in my brain, both times, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? Like, the people in this movie are so stupid. I just, I couldn't take my I couldn't enjoy any part of it. Even though, like, again, like you talked about, the soundtrack is good. The slowing down of the sound to nothing is an interesting touch. Like, you know, Donnie Wahlberg's razor. Listen, I think Donnie Wahlberg's, the good things about Donnie Wahlberg are a total accident. But it couldn't work because this movie just is operated by, like, on the assumption that this is a logical choice to make. That any of these choices are logical. Exactly. It's not like it's like, oh, we're supposed to think, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Jamie, of course you'd then go home and confront your father and figure out this mystery. It's un- it's unreal idiotic in a way that I cannot put aside for one moment. Yeah. yeah. It's very serious is the, the problem is that yeah. it takes itself so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it could have fun and it could even salvage its own, like, lunacy if they had fun with it. But it's so dour and so, like, so washed out and flat. Yeah, that it's just like, you know, it, and it, th- it thinks it's smart. That's the problem, right? Like it thinks that it's yeah. It thinks these twists are like mind blowing, and it thinks that it's interesting, and like it's just not at all. <laughs> so, James, do you uh, do you know why this happened? I, I really do. Um, <laughs> would you like to tell us? Yeah. So, you know, as I said, there was a lot of hype around the movie. You know, it was marketed as this is the two people that brought you saw, like the writer and the director as partners, like these two are back together and they're going to make another horror movie. Well, so what actually ended up happening was, I mean, if we could, I think his name is Lee Wannell, maybe that's how we pronounce it. So he has later come out and like very vocally said, like, like, fuck this movie. um, So I have a quote from him, so maybe he'll explain exactly what happened. 
But the gist of it is that they pitched an idea and the studio took over and was like, you're going to make this movie, but we're going to be in charge. And they didn't get to make the movie they wanted. So neither, both of them have like since disowned the movie. Um, Here's what Lee had to say about like making it. He said, after everything is said and done, I'm almost glad Dead Silence happened because it gave me an extreme coal face lesson of what not to do. It's like learning to swim by leaping into Niagara Falls. I only write scripts on spec now, which means that I write them in my own time without getting paid, then take them into the world and see if anybody's interested. Never again will I enter the arranged marriage of selling a pitch. I have also been very gun shy about working with studios. In the world of independent film, what you write ends up on screen. Plus, they don't have the money to bring in script doctors. Works fine for me, so who knows? Maybe one day I'll work with them again. It seems like from the research that I found, they brought in script doctors. They brought in tons of people to make changes to it. I don't know what changes specifically, but if I had to guess, lots and lots of little ones. They probably had some idea about this Mary Shaw legend and like this whole like dummy thing. And they probably just kept tweaking it from there and never let them make that movie. Right. So that explains in the script, the complete inconsistency of a doll dummy, even even like the plot, the fact that this, this whole thing makes no sense. What I'm more interested in is something I want to talk about earlier, which is that I think that this movie from a cinematography, filmmaking, editing standpoint Mm -hmm. is so blunt and sloppy in a way that none of James Wan's other films that I've seen are. Yeah. So from the completely washed out colors that like, it looks so bad. It looks so cheap, but also there's a series of shots. Once um, Jamie's wife dies where we're fading in through his iris, like three times in a row. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. I hated that. They like, they like zoom out of his eye and then it's a new transition. And then they zoom out again. The worst film school idea I've ever heard. Like (laughs) it's, it's so stupid. There's a series, like there's a lot of quick cuts whenever there's like an action sequence and it just, it ends up looking so sloppy. I don't see, I don't know if what they were going for was something like disorienting, but it's not disorienting. It just looks cheap. It is very unlike James Wan's filmmaking style. So I found it very like disorienting, like just visually. Yeah. Again, with the exception of, like I said, I think the clown doll is like shot really well and those shots are longer and, mm-hmm clearly a lot of uh, deliberation went into those things being set up the way they were. And maybe the editor just fucking butchered this. Maybe that's like part of the studio's involvement was just like the editor was like, I'm going to chop this movie up into pieces and now it's going to make no sense. Probably. But for all, yeah. And for all we know, they were there on set being like, shoot it this way, James. Like you made your little movie, but like, this is how we make horror movies. Let's put mannequins in it because ma- people find mannequins yeah. scary. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, yeah. Like, I- and the twist especially is so clearly like, I'm sure in the original script there wasn't a twist, but like that's expected now of horror movies is that there's going to be a twist at the end. Like, if- uh, I bet, I bet that um, I would love Lee Wannell to, to prove me wrong. I bet that he wrote a script in which the reason that the wife dies is because this baby in her. Yes, but that's barely a twist. That's not even really a twist. I'm talking about the... That's the mystery that our protagonist is trying that... to solve. Right. That's the, that's the arc. Well, we're talking yes. about the, dumb, the twist at the The human dummy father the... is... Yes. yes. The Eve, what's her name? Eva? Eva? Ella. Ella. Um, that's yeah, the twist I'm talking and... about because that's stupid. I can't find what the original idea that was pitched was or what... I, I mean, I'm sure it exists um, that, that it's out there of like what the original idea was. 
when he pitched the concept and then they started moving before the script doctors came in and took over. The only thing I do know is that the ending makes a little more sense, or at least there's a reason for it. There's like another ending and I have it here where it's like is described what the other ending is. Um, the dummy, the dad being the ventriloquist dummy thing is, is the ending I'm talking about. So in the other ending, Ella, the stepmom, um, just knocks Jamie out after he finds out that the dad was a puppet. And then the exp- explains that um, the original version of herself or some, the movie explains that like Ella was an abused wife and she gets pushed down the stairs because like the dad is an asshole and kills like her unborn baby. So she, for whatever reason, then digs up something with Mary Shaw and becomes possessed and is now like, I guess, wanting to get like revenge or using him as a puppet for some means because she's now possessed by Mary Shaw because he was an asshole. There, I guess, it still doesn't quite make sense to me. That adds a little bit of clarity. That, a, that's yeah. at least a reason to have the dad be an asshole. Is it if it comes back well, around? No, yeah. Also, it's a reason for Ella, uh, yeah, for Ella to be this like supernatural to be Mary presence. Shaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, makes, it makes more sense, but it's still a little muddy. In the yeah. version that we got, are we supposed to assume that Ella mailed the dummy to Jamie and his yes. wife? I think so. That's the that's the only thing I can think of because that would be the single only reason for it to exist because. Otherwise, there's no connection to the dad being a dummy and the rest yeah. of the plot. Right, right. You know. Can we talk about uh, Crow Lady? So I was <laughs> expecting that to pay off in Crow some Lady. way. It does. Like, there's a like I was supposed to be like, oh, there's a reason that she's like in the crawl space and the mortician's like, oh, come out of there, honey. You know, like. And she's I don't is she supposed to have like Alzheimer's or something? Yeah, I, yeah. Something like she's that. she's not in touch with reality, but somehow like it's one of those like like mystic weird people where she like knows more even though she's dumb well, sure yeah. well that's what i was expecting and like there's nothing yeah she somehow knew about he had to bury the doll even but, but there's didn't, no that didn't help at all she has no connection to mary shaw no it's like no. a complete i call it a red herring but that's giving it too much credit like <laughs> yeah right because it's not like it becomes somebody else it's it's just useless is what it ends up being and it could have mattered at some version of this movie I, I don't know if there's a way to know if she was important also, in what way did um, the dad, the puppet dad, like come in and get the doll? Because that's what she claims that she saw. I don't know, but like, it, no, right? That's that's it. That sets up that like the dad is faking it somehow. That he's yeah. like faking the stroke. Like, did Ella bring him in as a ventriloquist dummy walking to get and then the doll? Move his hands to pick up. Like, yes. What? I. It has to be something like that, right? I just don't understand, like, presumably Ella didn't literally bring this body in here and manipulate it to the point of picking up this doll. That is nonsense. But the lady didn't say, like, your dad and his wife or whatever. No, she she says her dad. And also, like, that's presumably also, why so, he, she put him in a wheelchair is so she can... So she doesn't have to lift his fucking body right, so she can by manipulate him, yeah. Also, presumably, uh, they turned around and walked out the door. Lady don't care. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. That's hilarious. It's just it's complete nonsense. The only reason that it exists there is to get him to go to his father's house so that Well, yes, it's it's this classic like I've seen this happen in a lot of bad horror movies is that the bad script writers they're trying to set up a different twist, right? They're trying to set up that he is going to go to the house and find out that his dad is not in a wheelchair and is perfectly fine and never had a stroke and it's all a trick and maybe he's one behind it. So then because we're expecting that, then the extra twist is that he's been a doll the whole time and Ella's the one manipulating him. But 
what they don't what like they don't ever go back and do is fix that original like red herring of a twist ending. Like they're trying to send you in a direction, yeah, but you can't send something in a direction that doesn't exist because it doesn't make sense. Also, why does he go to the mortician to get Billy? Why is that his next stop after like he just saw Donnie Wahlberg die? Like clearly he forgot about the mortician because the mortician called him and there's no explanation that like mary shaw is faking voices or whatever so like he goes through this shit with the dolls and firebombs the theater yeah, so and he's gets like, out henry told me that he would tell me something where'd he go and he goes back to the mortician <laughs> and like, what, i have like, no idea he wants billy though he's basically he wants the doll or the, the it's the last one he has to destroy dummy. is that guess? why he wants it Yes. Well, he didn't specifically destroy all the rest of them. He wasn't very careful. Like, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, parts of them could be salvageable. Yeah. That's that's what he says, I think. He says something, or he... Donnie says something to him about, like, you need to destroy all the dolls, and then her spirit will be at rest or something. I don't know. I know that's his goal, is to destroy Billy. The other thing that's so fucking nonsensical is that, like, unlike... I get that it's hard when you have something as, like, specific and a little abstract as a puppet killing people. It is not easy or straightforward to show that puppet doing things. But in Child's Play, Puppet Master, any fucking thing else, you see stuff happen. (laughs) This movie features nothing happening in the violent scenes other than, like, at one point, Mary Shaw's ghost face, like, comes at Henry like the Babadook. (laughs) Like, that's literally it. But, like, the puppet doesn't, yeah, do anything other than move its eyes or like yeah, people are jump like scared to death in this movie and it's baffling because it's rated yeah. r they didn't <laughs> why they didn't, is it rated r yeah they didn't cut it down to pg-13 which would make sense if people were jump scared to death that are way. you serious this is rated r this is rated r wait why For they, what? they didn't curse i don't know i, I actually I, don't think they swore this whole movie there's no boobs either what the fuck? I have no idea. That's so confusing. I, I'm, I can I'm, only I imagine it's like IMDb, but it's it says rated R. The only thing I can imagine is that like their faces are kind of grotesque. That's like, not rated R though. No, it's not. Yeah. No, their PG thirteen movies are a lot worse. It's that's it's actually baffling knowing that like the studio swooped in and made this movie worse. That that's not one of the decisions they made. That's yeah. really weird. Right, to make it more marketable. That's always what happens is they're like, we need to cut this down to PG-13. And they cut it down and they just still rated it R. That's ridiculous. It's weird. Anyway, my point with this is that like, the dummy does nothing. Even fucking Slappy the dummy from Goosebumps does more. I like, actually... This, he doesn't uh, walk around. The dummy he is almost like a conduit for which Mary Shaw pops out. Yeah, but that's... she does the heavy lifting. Yeah. She doesn't do anything She's other than stand there. Right, but he, but it does even less. We don't see them die. I don't. I'm actually glad about that. I told you when we watched Child's Play, I was like, the thing that has always held me up from watching Child's Play, or like not held me up, but the thing that I reason I didn't think it would scare me is because I find nothing scary about the dolls actually moving. I think that that's that's when you often lose an audience because it looks so stupid, and Child's Play pulls it off miraculously it's, like it yeah. actually works out really i was about really to say well. yeah. eat your words no yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, no when i, I watched ready. when i watched it for the first time i absolutely did i was shocked but if yeah. the dummies had moved in this like if we'd seen when his wife died if the dummy was like dragging her across the floor i would have been like no it's not stupider that like a sheet like comes after her <laughs> i disagree i think that it would have been a lot stupider if the dummy had done it had done it it does, like, overall just make this movie kind of weaker and less scary because, like, 
it's just doesn't have any teeth to it. Yeah. You know, when it, when it all comes down to it, you think I, you I, prefer seeing literally nothing. I, yes, I, I think that there, it would have had even less teeth if the dummies have been fucking moving around, especially only because this movie looks so cheap. You have to do like good filmmaking techniques to make that scary. And this movie wouldn't do it. Like you're trusting the movie too much to, yeah, that's, to that's, employ that's good too. techniques. It's all an execution, really. That's true, right. You know? I think that the the only thing that was scary about this movie that worked with the dummies, um, and it, and it's because my main thing in horror movies are those little things. My favorite part was when he was in the car with the dummy. Uh, when he's, I think he's driving to the graveyard to bury it, and Bill and Billy is sitting in the front seat with him. And again, it's the same thing that the, the clown statue. This movie plays with shadows in like some ways that are moderately okay and when they're driving you see that the dummy's eyes are facing forward and then a shadow like they go underneath an underpass or trees or something and the that side of the car gets a little bit shadowy and then when when they go into the light again the dummy's eyes are looking towards jamie and there's no music it's not dramatic it's just like a nice quiet little moment which i think like especially in the conjuring there's so many great moments like that and also i think in insidious a little bit too um, which is what I think James Wan does well are those yeah, like he, he little got moments. Really good at doing that, right? You are, yeah. Like, so I think that if the dummy had done other things, like reached its arms up or talked or actually killed people, I think it would have looked ridiculous. I think that the best thing to do with those dummies is have them do little creepy things. And you're right in that the Conjuring knows restraint and Saw knows restraint. Mm. And the problem with Insidious is that its last act is trying to do so fucking much that has no relationship to the previous, like, hour. And that's, like, where it goes off the rails is what this fucking ghost world that it decides to, like, enter. Darth Maul. Uh, (laughs) Like, that is the problem is that it does too much. This movie doesn't embrace its lunacy, I think, to borrow a word from James. Like, it... It doesn't realize because it can it can be scary and be over the top. It can actually films films have nailed that. Mm-hmm. Um, evil it Dead doesn't <laughs> Evil Dead. Yeah, 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 that's true. It like it doesn't know what to do with the premise of fucking ventriloquist dummies like like being conduits for ghosts that kill people, and so yeah, it's it's at once a very safe, bland like by the numbers horror movie and also like an off the rails concept film. At the yeah, same time. right. Yeah, and it it needs to like figure out what it's doing and it just doesn't and i think that like the subtlety that we're saying works and also i brought up the like the the set of this theater i think is like Mm -hmm. really lived in there again a lot of detail went into this being the carpet of the side of a hill it looks so it's like minas tirith or something it's like really like well uh put together and it just it feels so out of place in this movie that has like donnie Wahlberg talking to to dummies for fun and like doing these things that make no sense and the fucking like guy from true blood which is i I am (laughs) sure a studio thing is like oh like true blood's hot right now let's get ryan quant and he needs to be in a movie like it it's so out of place and so i think that's where i would prefer it to have leaned into what puppet master does which is like you're seeing some shit that doesn't look realistic but it works because it knows what it is Mm -hmm. and i think if this movie were more ridiculous it would have been more effective yeah honestly yeah, because when that. you have a twist as ridiculous as a human puppet, and not just a metaphorical, because I thought about like you know one of the things I, I could I wanted to talk about was like what you could do to have salvaged it or what was the original intent was the dad maybe not a physical puppet with like a literal wooden rod up his back, 
but it like but like a metaphorical, oh, like a metaphorical one. puppet like if yeah. he just found him hunched over and you're like oh he's a dead corpse and like he's like being possessed as a dummy that would save some of the silly like there are things you could do yeah i agree the more i think about it i feel like the the biggest problem is just like a million little bitty tweaks just like just one one touch here and like one one tweak here probably just amounted to just a mess you know? i still i maintain that like this movie's premise is flawed in general because they're the the first the very first thing that happens in this movie is these people keep this dummy yeah. and i cannot suspend my disbelief enough and i think that actually that maybe there is an easy fix for that which is don't have this woman be from the same town because if he was creeped out but she was min- like minimalizing his fear and was like it's just a dummy it's fine who cares maybe something could be salvaged from that but there's just not i can't you have there has to be some like suspension of disbelief right like to understand that like these people made this decision i just i cannot get past that first moment that there's any reason to bring this dummy into your home especially when they're like wooden like like robotically like expositing like oh remember this mary shaw poem yeah right. so like so like it's it's like on the forefront of their mind like you yeah can't it's not even them, like oh they forgot about it yeah you can't have them be this knowledgeable and then this idiotic because because jamie knows the entire movie all you have to do is not scream and like i guess the twist of the movie exists to get him to scream but like you can't have them both be like veterans of, of this idea yeah and also and also idiots and detectives of finding out what the backstory is so he both knows the mary shaw thing but then has to spend the middle chunk of this movie investigating it yeah, yeah it makes no sense at all that's i mean that, that we were talking about annabelle earlier that's why annabelle works is because it's just a doll and this woman in the in annabelle collects dolls so of course she has a doll like well, are you just, talking about Annabelle within The Conjuring or the movie Annabelle? The movie Annabelle that is the origin story of Annabelle. Because then in, in the in The Conjuring, she's just in a she's just in yeah. a museum. She's not like. No, I, I was just thinking. I was like, I don't like Annabelle quite as I like an Annabelle less than Insidious. Oh, I don't like Annabelle. I'm just <laughs> saying. That I, I don't like. No, I don't like that movie. Think, I'm just saying the premise works. of it makes remote sense because okay. she collects dolls. So having a doll in her home. Makes I, logical sense, and it works in in, in um, the Conjuring because it's like a, a small portion of the movie that right. that also like leads into like the larger theme of like, well, it's not just the doll doing a thing; it's part of this larger world of like ghosts and demonology or of whatever. right of yeah. the Warrens, yeah. right? Yes, it right. fleshes out the Warrens as paranormal investigators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like what the possibilities are of like, well, it's a, it's a, not just a doll, but it's also like an inhuman thing that is using it to like fuck with you mm-hmm. you know it's not actually like a possessed doll right in the in the sense of like most horror movies have while we're on the topic can we talk about james wan and puppets because <laughs> listen saw of which i have seen two films is a franchise about an evil mastermind who uses a puppet as his figurehead yeah, it's like avatar like jigsaw is when people think of saw i'm sure they think of jigsaw absolutely at this point and that's not the fault of the first movie that he made but like it is the fault of this universe mm-hmm. um which really leaned into it yeah and when they think of jigsaw they think of the doll and not the old the man. person the yeah. person yeah, yeah right yeah and then also like so i was I, after we watched this i was sitting thinking like oh there's jigsaw and there's annabelle which is a minor detail as we talked about that's really effective in the conjuring that mm-hmm. then like of it had to get its own spinoff like yeah. What is with this dude and these <laughs> and fucking dolls. yeah 
He's got a thing. I don't he, like, know. He must hate them or or something. Like. I think he I think he I think he's spoken about like having like a thing for them, just like enjoying them as a thing. And and I and I think it it's interesting that this movie being a failure, one didn't end both of their careers because like it did not do well. The reaction to this movie was not positive at all. So it didn't it didn't ruin their careers of being like, oh, they made one hit, they followed it up with a massive dud. But instead his career actually went more in the dead silence kind of direction of like, I care more about ghosts and creepy things than anything related to Saw's plot or execution. True. Very true. You know? That is interesting that Saw isn't Saw's not paranormal at all, is it? No. No, not, yeah, that's not, really, no. really and, and even like the filmmaking of Saw, which is more more of a intricate puzzle that is being unraveled than yeah. any of these other movies. That's very true. And it will it's also very interesting. Like, I don't know how Insidious fits into this, but like him doing the conjuring and then Annabelle is all about real real paranormal stuff that happened. Like those are all based on true stories well, right. and the Warrens. Yeah. And, so, like, and the conjuring too. Yeah. That's so that's a very one. interesting like w- way to go in his career is not to pursue like his own I, like ideas, but to make movies off of famous paranormal situations. Well, on that note, his most recent movie, I guess maybe it was before Conjuring 2 at this point, was Furious 7. And his next film will be Aquaman. So what was, he's, there, uh, he's done with original ideas for a, a while. Is there a movie coming out that he made? Because um, I saw, I was just thinking about this. There was a commercial watch the other day that was like from the makers of Annabelle. No, he produces everything. He like, What's he slaps his out? name on so many things. Oh, okay. Is yeah, there something that's coming out. Of well, in the, in the chronology of that is weird because I because I talked about the Conjuring two where that's the we, Enfield Poltergeist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was it? Furious seven seven was the one he did, not eight. Yeah, seven. It was seven. Yeah. So he did seven, and then they wanted him to do eight, and he said he turned down. I don't know how much this is, but a quote life changing amount of money to then make the Conjuring two because he cares about he cared about making another horror movie. So regardless of whether or not he's going to do Aquaman. I feel he's like doing he's, Aquaman, by the way. Yeah. He's definitely doing Aquaman. Yeah, so that so he's the type of person that I guess can do the, both the big stuff as a means to just get enough. I don't know, not connections, but just just to be able to also do the horror movies he wants to do too. Because he he you know yeah could have just kept making Fast and Furious movies and then just making so much money that he could be like, I don't have to do anything ever again. But again, he's not directing horror movies right now. He made Furious Seven, then he made Conjuring Two, and his next movie that he's directing. Is Aquaman. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's producing uh, two Conjuring spinoffs, one of which is an Annabelle spinoff and one of which is a, just a Conjuring 2 spinoff, uh, and another Saw movie and another Insidious movie. And he produced Lights Out, which I totally forgot about. That, yeah, but, that movie didn't do well, did it? No. Also, that's that's some other dude's movie, because he right, made the short film. he produced it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And James Wan is just, like, helping this shit get made. Yeah. Well, but... Uh, but Conjuring 2 was like a massive blockbuster. It made well, of course. crazy money. Of course. And he, again, he made that. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, now Annabelle's getting a spinoff, another spinoff, and Conjuring 2 is getting a spinoff. The dude is like, he is his own franchise at this point, which is... Yeah. It's interesting that like he is choosing to spearhead like all of these other... <laughs> all these franchises that stem from him and then he's like no i'm gonna do one fast and furious movie i'm gonna do a dc movie like yeah yeah it's he's like, it's he's, strange it is interesting yeah. whereas and like, this is a fucking black mark on his permanent record like yeah he's <laughs> and he's disowned it you know and so is is lay Wennell, who did the rest of the insidious movies and he's like in him he's did one of the two investigators that's with uh uh at least the 
Ghost Hunter that's in those. I actually like the the Insidious movies. I like three a lot more than two. Um, three is I the one that uh, James Wan didn't direct. Three. Yeah, actually, it's, I think Lee Wano might have. If yeah, I he, he might correctly. have, because uh, I know he wrote all of them. But I, he I did, in think, fact, direct it. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good one. You know, I think it's if you guys haven't seen two, two is basically just The Shining. <laughs> it what? Really, yeah, in a, in a weird way. I mean, it goes into that backstory of like the creepy old woman at the end of the movie, mm. and that's not. I was like, don't go into that backstory. She's way creepier if you don't know the backstory there. Right. But three was like a prequel to both of them, and it's like as a means to just be its own you know ghost haunted house scary movie it's pretty good it's worth watching at least at least once whatever yeah i i it's so funny every time i see insidious because i i love it for literally the first three quarters and then the end just like loses me completely and so every time i watch it i'm like wait a second i love this what am i what am i talking about i love insidious (laughs) it's so good and then i get to the end and i'm like never mind and it happens every single time i watch it you've watched insidious that many times yeah because i've like showed it to other people why? Because I'm very curious about how people feel about the ending. Because I don't think, I don't think it doesn't work for everybody. I think that it it works for some people and doesn't work for other people. It works more for me than you two. I can clearly exactly clearly, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So I love showing it to people and being like, "Did that work for you?" And some people are like, hundred percent. I'm terrified." Uh, and other people are like, "No." And I think that's interesting. So I've watched it with many people. It's a good one for me to rewatch because it doesn't scare me. I think they all have at least enough redeeming qualities, or at least like the fact that like the main hero in these movies is like an older woman is like just cool enough for me to be like, I'll watch at least all of these. Dude, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what, I was love, it? it's Lynn Shay who I already love. <laughs> yeah. Lynn Shay's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's kind of what I, what I wanted to talk about when I heard you guys got this one on your roulette is just like how a weird outlier this is and how you could, you know, like I love a lot of the things James Wan does that, are technically in this, but not almost non-existent in this movie or, yeah. Yeah. Or Lee, Lee Wannell's like, you know, cause I like the insidious ones and I'm just like, this is, it just, I could see frustration on screen, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, what I think works so much about definitely insidious and the conjuring specifically conjuring. I say this about the conjuring all the time. Conjuring is, which okay, is, I, I'll admit conjuring. Both of them are way better than the insidious movies. They are so good. They're great. And the one the one thing I would say about The Conjuring that I really love, and it's what ties it to me specifically, is that I think that it works on an emotional level um, because the end isn't as scary because, I, I, in my personal opinion, I think that like once you start having like someone vomiting blood and spinning around in a chair, you just kind of lose a lot. For me, you lose a lot of the fear. As we talked about in our several exorcism episodes, unfortunately. Yes, I just <laughs> do not get that doesn't scare all the stuff in the beginning scare me, scares me. So all the, all the haunting stuff is so scary. That part loses me, but it brings me back in because I I love the Warrens and I love this family. And there's a lot of emotion there. And I think that's like Dead Silence could have maybe done that for me. It could have had I could have been emotional maybe about this like dad being a doll the whole time. I could have been emotional about Jamie and his wife. I could have there could have been a friendship between. Donnie Wahlberg and Jamie that could have worked somehow, but like this movie feels nothing. Like it, there's no yeah. Emo- like you finding out that Jamie's wife was pregnant when she died. It it's only meaningful because it's like oh, a pregnant pregnant women dying are sad. Like that's sad. Yeah, but in in the context of the movie, it's only meaningful because it explains why the hell the movie exists. Right, but yeah. it's not meaningful because you're like oh my god. That's so, oh, they were such a wonderful couple. Or, yeah, oh my God. He, I don't know no, if he, if he reacted to he, the fact that he had a son 
in his wife that died. Like, I, like there's like no reaction no. on that level at all. No, he doesn't really, there's no emotional reaction from the characters or the audience. I'm assuming like it just didn't, there's no emotional component of this movie at all. It's just dead inside. It didn't work. This movie is a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it like, uh, when you step back, it's interesting, but the movie itself is not interesting. No, no, not at all. Yeah. It's a bummer. And my research, I have found weird websites that are like in defense of dead silence are like, not as bad as you remember. And I'm like, it is, <laughs> it is. You can defend it on the, on the means of like, Oh, this was, these were two people that almost had their career snuffed out because the studio stepped in and messed up a movie, you know? Cause they, I mean, they could have not been able to make movies again, you know? Yeah. Or, oh yeah. I'm very glad they were able to. Yeah. yeah. I hope that, I hope that there's even more in store for, for the two of them. Cause yeah. I think that the constant conjuring and, and you know spinoffs aren't, aren't going to work out much. well. It's the Annabelle specifically is already way too much. I but don't, we don't need three movies starring Annabelle, no. especially because Annabelle isn't a like. Look, I love the Chucky movies, but, <laughs> but Chucky is a character, is a character like he's a fully fleshed character. Annabelle isn't. Annabelle is a specifically a puppet by an unshown. And you know, and yeah. you know for sure that Annabelle's always going to win. Um, because we've seen the last of Annabelle, which is her in the museum. So Annabelle, the first Annabelle, and Annabelle, what is it, creation or whatever, you know for sure that, like, no one will ever be victorious. The stakes can't ever be that high because Annabelle has to win because she has to wind up in the Warrens Museum. She has to, like, be at the beginning of The Conjuring. So it, it automatically, like, when you're doing prequels, there's a sense of, like, it's why we didn't really like Ouija Origin of Evil that much. Because it had to play too much into Ouija. Listen, the things that worked about Ouija Origin of Evil definitely worked. They just had nothing yeah. to do with the Ouija franchise. Like, right. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I didn't, know to, you, I didn't know you guys had seen that. Yeah. <laughs> it has to fall into the Ouija franchise, and that's one of the flaws of it. That's one. Of, that's why like those kind of movies can sometimes don't work, is because they have to play into a franchise that already exists, and you have to like fit them into this puzzle piece that it just doesn't work yeah. sometimes. Especially with really creative, good movie makers who you know would do their own thing, except they're just working within the confines of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Which could be good or bad, but it does it does put you in a corner like immediately. Yeah. Of like, you have to. There's so many like things that you have to hit. You're right, and I don't think Annabelle is going to be creepy for too long. You nope. know? <laughs> <laughs> certainly not. Listen, at least we didn't get a Dead Sound sequel. We yeah. could have had a, a Dead Silence cinematic universe like we now have a Conjuring cinematic universe. <laughs> there was a, All that would have had to happen was that this movie would have had to make a bunch of money. And then... yeah. <laughs> they were already oh starting to like make plans and announcements right before the movie came out. Oh, like, oh my God. we're all ready to work on it. And then it came out and it bombed. And then they're like, nope. Never so like mind. I said, I'm so glad that James Wan was able to just like get another chance at yeah. making yeah, any totally. movie, but horror movies specifically. You know? But I guess, I guess if... I guess if it's true, then Lee Wano, like, they made Insidious on their own time with their own money. I guess, because he, he said he wasn't going to work with studios again. Yeah. Are you ready to cut this one's tongue out? <laughs> Firebomb it. Yeah, Molotov cocktail it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just let it go. <laughs> we cannot get away from this movie fast enough, so... <laughs> Pull up that roulette, and uh, let's get the hell out. Spin that roulette. Our next movie will be... The Den? Is that one's... Do you, do you know about this? No. It's about webcam chat users. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, is this an internet horror movie? Oh, yes, my it God, is. Man. Wait, I'm so excited. We have to watch this one. I love internet horror movies. Yeah, I mean, we have to watch it. I came up on the roulette. 
All right. Uh, the den then, <laughs> for sure. Oh boy. Oh man. I have. Oof. <laughs> Any comments on this one? Or just I've, I've not seen this. I have seen some. I have seen some internet horror movies, and not one of them has. Oh, is that the girl from Smiley? I don't know. Oh my god. Have you seen Smiley? No. <laughs> oh, it's an emoji serial killer. Yeah, it's a girl from Smiley. <laughs> oh no. So our next episode is the den. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an internet horror movie. So. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to rate the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. We would love it. Thank you to James Skosky for once again appearing on our podcast and helping us through a big pile of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah anytime. And, uh, and thank you, Wes Craven. Uh, this has nothing to do with Dead Silence, but <laughs> thank you for the, the death sequence in uh, Deadly Friend involving a basketball. Everyone should look it up, and it is amazing. <laughs> you just want to thank Wes Craven? Oh, thank you for that. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's for everything. You got to thank Wes Craven for what you can. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, until next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.